Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Good morning and welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. I'm Jeff Lagerman and we have a full house today. We're mm-hmm. all here, which is again a... Uh, a rarity. Yeah, it's not very often that we are all <clears throat> in-house, but we have all managed to sneak a little hunting in during the week. This week, you know, we <laughs> got the holiday season approaching us. You know, you, you squeeze in your stuff uh, for, for Tr- getting prepared. Truthfully, the only two people that knew I was in the woods... <laughs> Two of us. Was the two of you guys? So no. <laughs> <laughs> and and my wife, of course. A but, little, but, I did the sneak old, out. I, it was a little sneak out. It was uh, it was like I literally, you know, because Jeff, I work out on, on Mondays and Wednesdays, and on Wednesday, uh, Monday, I'm like, you know what? After we care, after we work out, we should just just go. Uh-huh. You know? And she's like, well, what do you what do you got Tuesday, Wednesday? Nothing. Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> awesome man. That no, was good. We yeah. you know the the you know in in the southeast where we hunt. You know, we're so weather dependent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Alabama, you know, Georgia, South Carolina, you know, all these states. Even Texas is the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and our buddy James just got back from his first leg of Texas. Jeez, did you see those pictures? And, and oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, giant buck pictures. But, I mean, they're another state that's very weather dependent. The Midwest is the same. I mean, whitetail hunting is so weather dependent, yeah. it's unbelievable. Well, yeah. they're so tuned into the, the cold weather and hot weather. And it seems like when it gets real hot, especially down here in the southeast, it just shuts them down. Yeah. They don't we, move very much. No, and, and all of a sudden, if you get a, a cool snap, it just changes dramatically. And, you know, in our area... We had a, a weather system move through, and usually when you get the system moving through, it's followed by wind. Mm-hmm. But this one that we had this week, I remember looking, saying, okay, the front's coming through on, on midweek, Wednesday, Wednesday yep. mm-hmm. and it's probably going to blow like crazy on Thursday, mm-hmm. so maybe it's not worth going up. Well, then I looked at the forecast, and the wind wasn't supposed to blow that much. Right. It, it surprised the heck out of me, and I said, holy cow, i got to go. Right. <laughs> That's right. right. We're talking, you know, 30, 31 degrees in the morning, the, the day after the front with only about a five to eight mile an hour wind the next day. I mean, it doesn't get any no, better than that. That's, no, it really doesn't. You know, and, and our rut in my neck of the woods, you know, in the southeast rut is so all over the calendar. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some ruts, you know, like in, in parts of Florida, holy cow, it goes on in August, August. and September. Yep. And then in extreme south Georgia, Kirk, where you hunt a bunch. It's the middle of October, and then you creep up into middle Georgia. Uh, it's middle of November. South Carolina, it's the end of October. Well, and you go over to Tallahassee, and in the West it's Coast, January. it's January, and they're just going into rut right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Larry you... Minyard's son, Larson, was over there this last last couple of days, uh, and and he's hunting over in Joe Bud, which is a uh, management area. Management right? area. And he said, you ought to see the scrapes and rubs over here. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. So, I mean, when, when – and so – in in my neck of the woods, you know, the rut happened, you know, middle of November. And so, you know, our secondary rut, I didn't know it, but all of a sudden I get up there to hunt Thursday morning 
and I'm seeing the secondary rut. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I had one of the best mornings I've ever had yeah, in the it, last last couple of days. And it was slow Tuesday and Wednesday. You know, Tuesday was warm. a little hot, warm. warm. <laughs> and you there's know, that weather thing. We, we, we did see some does uh, in food plots in the evening. You know, but, um, you know, but the morning times, you know, and, and then obviously, uh, I, and, and I enjoy doing this. I know that sounds crazy, but I sat in the rain for three hours on Wednesday morning. I have a fantastic rain suit, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I, and, and the, the one thing that, that I enjoy doing, it was windy, um, and it was rainy. And so I'd put the breeze in my face and take the long way back to the truck, you know, because you don't leave any scent. Yeah. Can't hear you, you know. No. And and you can see some things, you know, mm-hmm. doing and, and that, you know that's that's that, those particular days. And, and you only get a couple of them a year. You really do. And and to be able to do that, to be able to, and what I do, Jeff, is I just get on those dry creek bottoms mm-hmm. and walk, walk them, walk 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 the creek bottoms. Yeah, and you that's know? you know we we've talked for a while about you know we you know in our area we we've got some drought going on and that's boy oh, that's an understatement yeah. where I'm at. But funny, unbelievable. Funny story because you know yesterday morning, you know we're pretty dry. You know, we're not to the extremes that Texas is. Right. And so yesterday morning, I go to hunt a stand. I hadn't hunted in a while. And it's it's one of my favorite places. But I think you guys probably remember me talking a couple of weeks ago. We've had east, northeast yeah. wind this year. Holy cow, we just don't get a lot of that. And this year, we've had a lot of east wind, which yep. is very strange. Yeah. And we the forecast for yesterday in our in our neck of the woods was north or north northeast and so i said you know i said that's kind of borderline at this place I said, but i've been dying to get in there and it's best on a west wind mm-hmm. but it's manageable on a north wind and i said you know north you know maybe north i said i'm just gonna go so you, you really know. sent down heavy you know yeah so you know i made sure i was pretty clean sprayed down the whole nine yards and yep. it's it's where i put that M100 Millennium Lock-On. Nice. Which is just, you know, we, you, pe- everybody's heard us talking about mm-hmm. them forever. They're just so nice. And uh, it's I set it up for a bow stand, so it's pretty tight. You know, got the 308, and, uh, and I, I'm, you know, on dough management kind of plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I climb up in the stand, and it's still a little dark, and I look down, and it's right by two water holes that are uh, in, the, in the bed of a creek, and they're real deep. And so when the creek is not running, which it's not running, yeah, it sometimes will hold water. It's been those holes have been dry for the most part all year. Mm-hmm. And I get in the stand, hadn't like I said, hadn't been in there in in a couple months. And I said, when I climb up in the tree, I can see water, and I'm like, cool, you know, hey, yep. water, yep. you know, I'll, I know I, that's where you need to be. Yep. And and so when it starts to get daylight, I see the leaves just all you know, tore up around this water hole mm-hmm. that's only about maybe six or seven feet around. And so I'm thinking, they're all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to see all kinds of activity. Yeah, that's sweet. Fifteen minutes later, I hear rustling coming from behind me in the leaves. Nice. I'm like, oh, here he comes. <laughs> nice. Yep. Here comes something, you know. And all of a sudden, I lean over my left shoulder, and I look back. Here comes a big old fat raccoon. Big coon. Yeah, there you co- go. Coming to that water, brother. Oh, that's yeah. great. So, man. so he, I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, he's coming to the water. All hey, the animals are coming to the water. Moving. They're the ones that are making all this, you know, rustling around the leaves at this water hole. And he comes to the water hole and he just starts digging. And I'm going, what in the world? What is he doing? He just starts digging, and he goes a couple more inches, and he starts digging again. He goes a couple more inches, starts digging again. I'm like, 
that ain't deer tracks around the water hole. That's where that doggone raccoon's been digging around the leaves. Absolutely. So oh, now I'm bummed. I'm, yeah. so I, I th- thought I had a honey hole. You know, right. and then all of a sudden the raccoon gets there and he just starts What's wearing he it out. For, though? I got, you know, I wondered that. Is he digging worms? Is he digging, might be you know, frogs that are buried up? I don't know. Yeah. yeah See, now, he if just, he was down in the Okie Finokie swamp, be, I'd think he'd be digging for crawfish. Crawfish, yeah. That's yeah. what I would think. Yeah. And maybe he's digging for them. I don't, I, he's digging for something. That's wild. You know, and, he's and, digging. And you know the the the, the cool things about <laughs> hunting. Digging him. <laughs> I got more entertained by watching that raccoon yeah. for that half truth? an hour yep. than you know just as much as I would that seeing is, deer. That is so funny. I had a very similar experience. I, and I, I, I got to tell you mine. Go ahead. I'll tell you it mine. Was, I told Kevin a little bit about it, but I I saw deer in the morning, Thursday morning, and then uh, Thursday afternoon I hung this feeder way back up in there on the edge of one of the little swamp heads, and I had been feeding it for maybe two months and so i slipped in there to look at it and i didn't have a stand there and i walked in there and it was all tore up with hog sign and deer sign i said oh yeah so i come back to the cabin and i told larry about it and i said look i'm gonna i'm gonna go put a, ha- a hang on down there real quick you know or slip in there with a the climber and he's like yeah that sounds like a good spot you know so i went in there about 2 30 slapped that stand on the street on the tree and climbed up i'm sitting there and Right around 5.30, you know, it's just starting to get, you know, low light, and it's starting to back off, and I'm bow hunting, and all of a sudden I, I hear this noise, and I look down, and here comes a possum. And and he just commences to start eating. So I text Larry, up. Oh, the only thing I've seen is a possum. And Larry goes, kill it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to watch it, see what he does. <laughs> and it's the weirdest thing. I've seen many a raccoon and a possum sit there and eat acorns or mushroom caps or whatever, and he's sitting there steady pounding this corn away and all of a sudden i see him go stiff and i hadn't heard a thing and i'm going what the heck and i'm watching him and he's just like any other animal in the woods when they see something they go on alert Uh his tail stiffened up and he looked over and the next thing i know he starts climbing a tree and i'm going what the heck so i stand up and they can't see for nothing but they can can hear but they can hear and Uh he heard something so i stood up and i grabbed the bow and i bring around all of a sudden i hear this click click Click, click, and I'm going, that's that's teeth. Hog gnashing his teeth. hog. And he starts clicking his teeth, and he gets closer and closer. He gets about 20 yards from where the feeder is. Yeah, oh, yeah. And and he grunts a couple times like that, and he, and he walks in a circle. And I'm way downwind of him, about 20 yards, and I'm watching him. I'm going, oh, my gosh. He's got to weigh 250. Easy. Mm. And he's got three to four inch tusk nice that I cutters. could see really well mm. in, in the light conditions I was in. And I thought, oh my gosh. And he was so on alert. He goes around and he'd walk about three feet and he'd stop and start clicking his teeth and he'd make that growl and look around and, and kind of hop, like trying to make something <laughs> move. And I'm sitting there going, look at this guy. He's a hoot. And I knew I had to turn a little bit and I had on my rubber boots. So I knew I had to kind of make movements Uh-oh. real slow. <laughs> so what I would do is every time he'd start hopping, I'd move a little bit and he'd hop again and he'd walk in a little, little circle and he'd walk about five or six feet and he'd stop. He went under some uh, palmettas and he came out, gave me a good broadside at 23 yards. And I'm watching him and he's sitting there and he's clicking those tusks together. And all I could think is this, this guy has been eating these groceries forever. Uh-huh. The whole back of his neck is rolled up in a big old roll up and <laughs> push it into the back of his head. His private feeding hole. Yeah. Oh, buddy. He was, his belly's about dragging the ground. And I'm going, you are so going to get chili whopped. And, uh, he dropped his head when he did. I pulled that bow back and let it fly at 23 steps. 
that arrow hit him broadside, and he looked up, and he just kind of spun around a little bit, and did a little donut, and ran off into the woods. Um, we we tracked him all evening, you know, till about eight thirty. Couldn't find him, you know. Looked and looked, and got up the next morning and looked for him. I couldn't find him, but I'm I, I'm sure he didn't make it. That's a tough no. tough animal. Those were amazing animals. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, you hit that. You know, if it had been a deer, yeah, it it'd have been like knife through butter. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how, how, I mean, you know, for those that don't have hogs, trust me, you don't want them, mm-hmm. you know, but it's amazing how people from parts of the country that, that don't have hogs just get an absolute thrill. Oh, oh yeah. Out of hog hunting. It's yeah. an exciting game animal, you know. Well, I mean, for us, it's just, a, they're, they're, they're a nuisance. nuisance. Yeah, they don't want to see them at all. Well, I, I, I had almost the same exact experience that you did with, with the water hole. We have a stand down in the swamp mm-hmm. and, and, and I had, you know, from, from, where we had been seeing deer, I, I I adjusted it close, almost in the middle of the creek. Right. It was on one side of the creek, but when I adjusted it, you know, when I adjust stands, I put the stand on the tree and I get out. I don't walk around, you know. So I hadn't I hadn't gotten up in the stand. So anyway, I went in and and uh, last week and got in the stand, and I got up, you know, our typical twenty feet, and and uh, anyway, sat till ten thirty or so, and. Uh, I, you know, it was it, it was time time to get down. And it, I took my release off, put my bow, you know, in the holder. I was I was hunting a gunslinger, and I mean, I had all my stuff. Had and as I'm clipping my my fanny pack on, I hear something, and I turn around, and behind me, which the creek is behind me, it's kind of parallel. I look back, and here comes three does, and I, I and, and I'm going, Dad, come it! And all of a sudden, they go down to the creek, and I look, and I stand up, and I look on my, t- my tippy toes. There's a little tiny water hole. Mm-hmm. Little, yeah. Three feet around. All going wow. All three of them went straight to it and, and got, and I had, I, I had no idea that water was there. And, and the interesting thing was, is literally Roger is hunting a half a mile away from me and he had just texted me and I didn't get the text because I was getting down. He said, dude, three does just came flying by me, huh. coming towards you. He said they were running. And they, water. they they ran right 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 to that water and I didn't get a shot. I mean it was but, but it was cool. Yeah. It went, so all three of them went straight to that water. All wow. right, folks, uh, you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. And folks, uh, have you checked out the HuntLife.com website? Check it out because the Occupy the Woods T-shirts we got some in studio. Favor's wearing one. Yes, he is. And <laughs> where's mine? <laughs> there it is. Hey, I got me an Occupy the Woods T-shirt. I can't wait to break it out. Be right back. As a deer hunter, I think this happens to us all. You're sitting in your stand and you catch a glimpse of a huge buck. It happens to be the same buck that fills your dreams and your trail cameras. When you saw him during bow season, he was just out of reach. During gun, he was chasing a doe and moving too fast. You've done everything possible to take this buck. You've moved stands, moved trail cameras. You've taken time off work you shouldn't have. You even missed your niece's wedding. This buck consumes your thoughts. As a matter of fact, there's times when your wife is talking to you, and even though you're looking right at her and shaking your head, you're thinking, man, I wish I had to move that stand on the creek bottom and not on that food plot. You hunt day after day, pass up deer after deer, and then it happens. The last day of deer season goes by, and you still have a tag in your pocket. During turkey season, you find his sheds, and your spirits soar. Starting about August, you put out your trail cameras. About two weeks into it, you finally get a picture of it. He is alive and still around. You look at that picture, and you say game on if this has ever happened to you you need to be a part of hunt life visit huntlife.com america's number one camo pattern just got better 
all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. You don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. Being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Norby, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show. And welcome back. I'm Jeff Loggeman along with Kirk Waltz and uh, Kevin Favor, and we're, we're talking about some of our experiences this week in the woods. You know, when I was in that stand yesterday morning and had that raccoon come, you know, once he left the water hole, he did the funniest thing. You know, when you get those a lot of those trees kind of along the, the, the creek bank and stuff, and I guess they're bay trees that have those roots that kind of expand, mm-hmm. and you almost can... You know, have small animals can crawl underneath uh-huh. the root mass at times. I was trying to figure out what he was doing. He went over and he just started gnawing on the roots of this bay tree. You know, really? yeah. And I was trying to figure out what is he. I think he's just starving. <laughs> <laughs> is is that his version of eating vegetables? I don't know. I've never seen that. <laughs> yeah. I have seen him do weird stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't know about y'all, but there are certain places I won't put my hand when I go in the woods. And I'm always amazed that a coon or a possum will walk through the woods. And, you know, some of those trees, will, they'll V off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the smaller V will break and, and leave a hole. And it'll hold, like, little water. And, it, like, you see this mm-hmm. little cavern going in the base of these little trees all down mm-hmm. in the swamp. And you'll see that coon go over there and stick his whole head in there. And you're going, ain't no way. What's in there? Yeah, yeah I, guess you know. I guess. Maybe. And they'll do it. Yeah, and I didn't see any kind of place that was holding water. But, I mean, just to go up and start gnawing on the tree, I don't know, maybe it's uh Something he likes. To, to, I mean, just to like a dog stuff. eating grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had a weird experience, and I did a little bit of a, uh, you know, slipping around, looking, and 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 trying to do some uh, scouting. And some outdoor show research. Outdoor show research. <laughs> and, and and Larry and I, when we were looking for the hog the other night, um, we came across some very very dark colored, with some funny looking berries in it, deer and and hog poo. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen it like that before. And I told Larry, I said, Are you digging through the scat? Well, you, I, I, I think you take a stick every once in a while and look at it. I mean, you want to know what they're eating. Because uh-huh. we've had, and I, I sent a text to our uh, staff, a biologist, uh, uh, Dr. Dave Edwards. Mm-hmm. And I asked Dave, I said, well, Look. He's not a doctor. Well, yep. you know, for, to, for me, we he's like a deer doctor, doctor. But he's yep. a deer doctor, you know. Dr. Grant Woods is a yeah. doctor. And I said, Dave, uh, you know, this is what we saw. What do you think? And I said, here, here's our, here's our <laughs> dilemma like scat right now. To me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looks like well, poo. Yeah. Well, did we you got, taste it? We, <laughs> <laughs> have y'all ever seen that that video where that guy's walking a trail with the two kids? Oh yeah. And he takes that raisinette and he drops yep. it down next to the deer poo and he goes, Oh, look at that. And, they, and they're like, What? And he goes, Looks pretty fresh to me. And he goes, How do you know that? And he goes, Hold on a second. He puts one of them in his mouth. He goes, Man, that's mm, that is fresh. You want to taste? Oh. And the kids are like, No, man, <laughs> oh. no. It's a raisinette. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, 
Dave texted me back and and I said, do you, what, you know, what do you think it is? And he says probably that they're on a pretty heavy diet of gallberries because right now yep. we've had a, as far as I'm concerned, I t- I, I've talked to our guys and everybody that's combed this whole piece of land and our neighbors. We've had a failed mass crop. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Suwannee River Valley because of the drought. I don't know what else you know added to that, but we have had in the southern end of Georgia, around the R- Suwannee River, we've had no acorn crop at all, hardly. I mean, none. The swamp oaks didn't drop any. The the swamp chestnut oaks hardly dropped any. There's a few live oaks that dropped a little bit. But these guys, they're going to have a tough winter as far as forage. The food plots that we've got, they are mowing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mowing them. You know, the the oats have had no chance to get more than three inches high at some spots, and some spots not even that, down to the dirt. Mm-hmm. And they got their nose into the clover so far that, you know, you see the little eighth of an inch sprigs coming mm-hmm. up and you're going, Next thing you know, they're going to be eating the dirt, you know. But I, I had a, you know, I was curious because you know you see stuff like that and you just wonder what they're hitting, you know, because it's it, there's just yeah. not a lot of food there. Well, we don't we don't have that issue at our place because where I was at on that waterhole, acorns galore. It, lots of acorns down in there, and you know how, how are, they, you, are they still dropping? Oh yeah. Oh my, ours wow. are just ours are just raining down, raining. Yeah, and it, it's amazing too because you know you you, you can be in a patch of of woods and there's multiple trees that drop acorns but right. you know there's always one tree that they just really like mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know and it's dropping acorns and you go why in the world are they eating those acorns and they're not eating those right over there right you know and I, you know i guess it's just the flavor or whatever but when i was on the stand yesterday morning every deer that i saw and i saw a bunch of deer yesterday morning they all came to this one tree that was like 30 yards away from me now, I wish I had my bow, yeah, yeah, you know, but I was on a doe mission, and I had all these deer come to this one particular tree right out in front of me, and I uh, ended up uh, getting two does, but I mean, it's amazing how, you know, all the woods, all the trees in the woods, you know, that, that drop acorns, and it's just for some reason, they they pick out certain ones, yeah, you know, and I don't know why. It, 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 the other interesting thing, and I know that you that you hear this because when you're sitting there and it's very quiet, right? You know, you hear an acorn drop out of the trees, and it goes, you know, tick tick, and then it goes tick and hits the ground, and then like the tree behind you goes thump thump thump. Yeah. I mean, there, it's something way bigger than mm-hmm. than than your typical little acorn, you know. And I'm always curious, mm-hmm. you know, what because I always get down and I'm, I, I gotta I gotta know I, I gotta what what is it that's falling out of this tree that's so much bigger. Then and I guess it's just bigger acorns, different trees yeah. like you talk about, you know. But I mean, it's it it was um it, sitting there on, on on Tuesday morning. It was so quiet and uh, and and then the, you know the leaves you can hear everything. Oh but yeah. J- just the difference in, in in some of those acorns falling. I mean, most people wouldn't pay attention to that, you know. But nope. You know, it's hunters uh, do though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think the the deer and the other mammals in the woods, the hogs or whatever sure. you've got in there, the coons and the possums. Oh, I think, as good as they can hear, they can they hear. You know, one acorn size versus another, and oh yeah, they they probably got an idea. Hell, like, you know, one thing that Dr. Grant Woods is all to, that taught us, he said one thing about the animals. He says you got to remember, he said they live in it twenty four yeah. hours a day. Yeah. We're in and out. Yeah. He said and they get so tuned in to their surroundings and what's around them and what's there to be eaten and you know. So he said any subtle changes. He said. They pick it out. Yeah. You know, they, they pick it out. You know, I mean, well, just like us when we're in our house and if a book is moved on the coffee table. You're right. Yeah. You notice it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, or if you yeah. leave the hunt camp a certain way and you come back and it's, you know, something, you know, something's been moved. Yeah. You go, well, somebody's been here since we came. Yeah. You the, know? the other thing that, that I just, 
absolutely love about hunting down in these bottoms in in the swamps and stuff and and is is I think that the deer act differently. You know, when you see a deer down the swamp, it's feeding. Yep. Most of the time, it's somewhat relaxed. Relaxed, I agree. You know, when they come out on a food plot or over a corn pile or something, dude, they're they're all pins and needles. I mean, they they are they are looking around. They stand up. You know, they're any any kind of you know anything that's coming out. You know, from the woods. My gosh, you know, they're they're all standing there on alert. A lot of times in the swamp. They're, you know, they're they're way more relaxed. Yeah, well, I can tell you that yesterday, uh, with this secondary rut going on, (laughs) there was nothing relaxed. I mean, every doe was, you know, head jerking around. Cool. You know, there's no wind. I mean, no nothing. I mean, heck, I zipped that, I had this, you know, this fleece, Mm -hmm. mossy oak, uh, you know, jacket on that's got a collar. And it's, you know, you sit there for 45 minutes and 36 degrees, you know, you walk to stand, you're warm, Yeah. you know, 45 minutes later, you're starting to feel that chill. So I go to zip it up when that raccoon was gnawing on that bay tree and just, and he, he picked that sound out like nobody's that business. Unbelievable? Walked right off, huh? No, he just, he just jerked his head around and just stared for a minute. Of course they can't see three feet in front of them, yeah. you know, during the daylight. So anyway, he, you know, but that, for them to, pick out that sound that's how quiet it was Mm -hmm. and all of the the deer that i saw except for the two bucks that i saw they the does were all all on pins and needles and that told me one thing that you know because the day before i'd seen a a buck chasing a small doe which i guess you know the ester cycle you know they don't get bred they you know month later 28 days later they come back into estrus again and so that was kind of going on and so all the does are on pins and needles and i saw you know, two bucks chasing both, you know, one buck each morning chasing does. So yeah. that's, you know, I just love seeing that. Oh, and, and, and when it's quiet like that and you're sitting there and there's nothing going on for an hour and then you just, you start hearing that crashing. That is, boy, if you talk about getting your heart going. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, is is unbelievable. Well, anything when you're down in those bottoms, like you said, Kevin. Yeah. Any kind of noise, at least particularly for me, mm-hmm. man, I go on full alert. Ah, the squirrels drive me crazy. Oh man, I, <laughs> the crazy I'm up, yeah, stop they, moving. They had my head head all <laughs> moving around <laughs> yesterday morning. I hear, you know, yeah. you yeah. Oh, turn yeah. your head left, and you hear something over there. And you turn your head around over there, and you know, squirrels, squirrels, yeah, squirrels. squirrels, and then. And then yesterday morning saw a couple beautiful fox squirrels. Yeah, I've seen a couple fox squirrels this week too. Really? Oh yeah, they're Those awesome. Are, they're wow. so big and they're such a pretty animal. You know, they just, you know, it's neat too because you get the different age fox squirrels and they get the different colorings. Mm-hmm. You know, based on how old they are. And I guess the older they get, the more dark black yeah. they get that they get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so the younger ones are kind of, you know, they get the that kind of whitish gray, you know tint to them yeah that's cool yeah that's pretty pretty neat they look like they move in slow motion but like, I, you know tick 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 up and then they they have a real strange bark yeah you know they don't bark like a gray squirrel. no they're a little different yeah they're a little different but they they're they're a unique animal they are neat i can't bring myself to shoot them no they're actually yeah really i can't can right anyway i can't they just seem you like can. you can in georgia can you really yes you yeah. can in florida you can right? in florida you yeah, can, florida you can. In, in, in georgia protected. in georgia you can i'll be darned yeah. I know that. And, and the reason that i know that yeah. is because um we, we had one at our at our 70 acres and um roger wanted to to to, to have it mounted mm-hmm. and so he actually called you know natural resource and um mm-hmm. and, and they said yes you, you you can you can shoot a fox squirrel hmm so and I was like, I was really like, 
Well, no, you I know. know. They just seem kind of stupid. Yeah. More yeah, than a know. gray squirrel. I mean, a gray yeah. squirrel can, can be kind of stupid, but fox squirrel just seems like it's like he's like the grandpa of the woods. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we're we're soon to, you know, in our area with the with the secondary rut going on, we're we're about to hit the doldrums. Yes, we are. Yeah, we're already there. Our guys are so <laughs> bummed out. No, I'm like, it, look, yeah, you in your gotta, area, you got to look for them. And well, they're like, for, well, we're not seeing anything. And I go, well, you're just going to have to dive into the thick crap and yeah. get away from the road. Yeah, for for you know where you're hunting at, that rut happens, you know, middle of October. Yeah, around Halloween, up to Halloween. Right yeah, to Halloween, and yep. then the secondary rut, you know, middle of November to begin of December, and then when you get to December, all of a sudden it just they they vanish. It's that's it. You know, and that's kind of, we haven't hit that yet in, on my place. Boy, it sure seemed coming. like that to me on Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, but, you got but the I weather. Didn't ha- I didn't have the weather. No. Now, now I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll sit this afternoon and, and in the morning, it's supposed to be in the 30s. Well, Thursday morning was cold. Sun, man. I, I, I like had it. the, uh, the hot, hot hands shook up in both, uh, mm-hmm. knee pockets. And I was bundled up. I had my neck gaiter on. And you know like what you I said, wanted? You, you sweat when you go in there, but after you get up there, buddy, and you start, uh, uh, sitting for a little you while. You know what I wanted Thursday morning when your, it was that your cold? Moon boots? My, yeah, yep. those, those boot blankets. Yeah. Really? It, 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 I text my buddy Kevin Tiebman because mm. I'm always looking at the weather. And it was, it, it when I was sitting in the stand on Tuesday morning, I kind of looked at the weather. Right. It was, it was 16. It was blowing over 30 with negative one. Uh, negative one. That'll cut you. And so I texted him. I said, for once, I'm glad I'm in Georgia, not Kansas. Well, I, hey, I was, I was talking to a, you know, friend of ours, Adam Sleep. Yeah, sure. Uh, Adam had gone out to Nebraska and, you know, this time of year, Nebraska has world class duck hunting. <sighs> I mean, along that, that North Platte River basin. And, uh, and so he goes out there because it's muzzle loader for deer. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that's in season, but then the ducks. And he says on their particular place that they have, they've got a spring-fed lake. Mm-hmm. And he said, so when it gets bitter cold, that North Platte River gets all iced up and all the ponds and everything ice over. And so the ducks are hunting open water to land in. And he said with that spring-fed lake on his place out there, he said they just have amazing duck hunts mm. when when everything freezes. And he said, he said that it, they had so much snow out there which made it outstanding for duck hunting. So, but they had so much snow to, to to deer hunt. He didn't have to wear hip waders to get to the stand. He had to wear chest waders to get to the stand. Oh, my. Ooh, chest waders that's to get to the stand of snow. To kill a duck. Ooh, that's a little <laughs> <Yeah>. scary. <laughs> that's a little much. All yeah. right, folks, you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. All three of us are here. Jeff Logerman, Kirk Waltz, Kevin Favor. And if you want to find out who in the heck we are, the three Mossy Oak Pro Staffers, go to HuntLife.com. After sweating it out all afternoon, I have finally accepted that no turkey of any kind lives within a mile of where I'm sitting. Time to pack it in. And just in time to get a text from Joe. He's wrapping it up, too, with tags filled. Ouch. But as I throw in the towel, it hits me. In just 30 minutes, I'll be back at camp. We'll all settle in, kick back, talk about the day, cheer our successes, and cheer our failures best thing is we'll do it all with a spirit of friendship and fellowship it's the fellowship of hunters everywhere safely home from the hunt without a doubt this is the hunt life
Check out the online store at HuntLife.com for t-shirts, hats, bumper stickers, and more that show everyone you live the Hunt Life. And with so many items under $20, you'll find a few great Christmas gifts for all the hunters in your life. Visit the online store at HuntLife.com now. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. You know, last week we were uh, talking about all these kind of Christmas gift ideas, that, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the loved ones you have, you know, that are in the outdoors and trying to come up with some ideas. And our favorite one is the Octopi the Woods t-shirt. Just go to HuntLife.com. Got mm-hmm. mine right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fired up about it. Hey, the other thing, too, uh, that I, I brought up last week was uh, a toolkit, one of them all kind of like suitcase thing, and they all got a holding spot for yep. it and everything. And I happened to go by one of our home improvement centers uh, this past week was picking, picking up something for the, fixing something at the house. Right. And they all got them now and they're all on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, that's a great place. Great time. Now's the time to buy those little things like that. I recommend too, if you're going to buy one for the outdoor enthusiasts, since a lot of our rifles and bows use Allen screws, mm-hmm. make sure there's an Allen hex kit or hex tools. The Allen home improvement tools. store that I yes. went to had those whole Allen tool kits. They actually had one that I looked at and had, you know how the kind that we get for our bows, it's like the folding knife that has with, all the different ones. That's yep. one I have, yep. yep. There was a, a kit that they had, this home improvement store that had like three of them mm-hmm. in a pack along with all the wrenches, the T-handled wrenches. Nice. Yeah, and you for gotta next remember, to nothing. you got to remember, too, that some of these rifles and bows use metric and some of them use a standard mm-hmm. so you got to have both sets because you'll go to take a hex screw off and if you got the wrong size you'll strip it out yeah 
and I know that I've had my bow sometimes that need to be tightened or something. Um, I, I, Christmas gift. We were talking about Christmas gifts. Yeah. Did something last weekend also, um, and, and I've never used one of these things. Uh, my, my next door neighbor is is a sheriff, and I wanted to go and, and just make sure because I haven't rifle hunted. I've had my bow, but I, I had I, I've got a, a new Browning two forty three, and then I've got my Remington two forty three and my Remington two seventy. So we went um, to the police range last weekend and and cool. used a lead sled. You ever used one? Oh, they're awesome. A great Christmas awesome. gift, folks. Uh, I mean, Kirk, have you ever used one? No. It's dude, you could sit, you could shoot that two seventy a hundred times and never, ne- ne- never know it. Wow. It's it's amazing. And, and man, you talking about being able to sight a rifle in mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. when you put it on it, it doesn't move. And you can you can literally pick your head up and just pull the trigger. Oh, cool. You know, I mean, it's 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 it, when it's on, it's on. I needed one of those the yeah. other day. Yeah, it's a it's man, especially shooting that stupid two sixty thing you got. Oh my that god, cannon. That, that's Kyle's cannon. gun. Yeah, that's yeah. Kyle's gun. He's twenty four, going on twenty five. That's his problem. Yeah, now. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he ever wants he, to do something. He can that. have that. He thing, can have yeah. that thing. Yeah, I don't ever. If I don't ever shoot that thing again in my lifetime, that'd be fine with me. That, yeah, that thing's a, a shoulder killer. The, yeah. the, the thing that I like to shoot with because. Uh, the lead sleds, you know, is bulky, but the thing that I like to carry, mm-hmm. you know, when I go to the range, they have those, you know, the sandbags obviously been around forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are great. But they have the ones that are about, oh, what is that, about 16, 17 inches long. And it's, and it's in a V. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of in a V, and it, and it actually holds almost the entire gun. Yeah, it cradles mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah cradles the whole nice. gun. I love them things. Yep. Those things are fantastic. Uh, but you're talking about lead sled. Uh, our buddy Scott Parker and Fred, they were out in southeastern Colorado this week. And where they hunt at, you know, it's that uh, uh, thickets along reservoirs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Nice. And they were fortunate enough to draw rifle tags for whitetail oh. in southeastern Colorado, which... They must uh, have been fired up. Huge, huge whitetails mm-hmm. out in that area. And... Parker's got this gun that he just raves oh, about, you know, and he's got the range at his place. You know, he's shooting <laughs> 900 yards, yeah. which, you know, I'm sitting there going, uh, how, how can you I, shoot that far? I can't see right. it. Where's the target? They ended up having, having uh, they got two deer. Of course, they, they filled their tags. Uh, one of them was 470-yard shot. The other one was 675. Uh, uh, Unbelievable. Who shot that? Uh, I don't remember which of I think Fred got the 675. Unbelievable. And Scott, I'm like you, Kirk. I'd be like, I can't where's see. Where's the deer? Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, is that a spike or is that a 20-point? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, they got, they, they got those spotting scopes, you know. And, yeah. And, and that, uh, Brian had a spotting scope, mm. a, a Leopold mm-hmm. spotting scope. So, I mean, he had that dial, had it dialed in. You know, it, we're shooting 100 yards. And you know we're shooting that little little black dot. Yep. And dude, it was crazy looking through that spotting oh, yeah. scope because you know he would stand next to you, you know, okay, two inches left, you know, inch high, you know. I mean, it was it was you didn't have to get up and go to the target. Yeah, and take it, a look. Oh, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, those yeah. are nice. Yeah, I tell you what. And speaking of Leopold, I, I I know every time I use that flashlight, everybody goes, "What is that?" No, and I go, "Crazy." This is the lighthouse. It is a lighthouse. If you need to see in the woods, and it's so funny, you'll have it on low beam. And we were tracking that hog the other night, and I turned that thing on, and Larry goes, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, what is the MX? I don't know. I don't don't know. It's all I know. All all I know is that that I I now have a Ziploc bag with full of batteries. Full of batteries. (laughs) Because when you put it on high beam, 
it will flat wear out, out, wear them out. Yeah. Oh, it, that thing gets hot in your hands. Yeah, it does. It, it, it gets it, warm. It's twelve dollars and ninety six cents for two batteries. Ooh, buddy. It but is, buddy, when it, you're down in that swamp it is, and you want to get out of there and you can't find a bright eyes, you it take that beautiful. thing from low and put it on high. Son, Jeff, yeah, you could kill <laughs> a coon at fifty yards with it. It'll blind him. It, it, it'll blind him. It'll it'll drive him out I of the tree. I was yeah. I was packing my fanny pack down in the <laughs> yeah. swamp the other night. And I flipped that thing around and hit myself in the eyes, and I was like, "Burn oh your retina!" Blacked out. I was like, "Oh God!" It's like a flash burn. It I can't come see. with a disclaimer. It oh, should. Don't man. point in your eyes. You'll burn your retina. Yeah, 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 you don't. You don't, you don't play with your friends and point it in their <laughs> oh, eyes. No, you'll blind them. You, you'll blind them. Yeah. You're listening to the Hot Life Outdoors Show, folks. Be right back in a, in a minute. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back, praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com. Because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern just got better. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older? As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Me, Jeff Lagerman, Kirk Waltz, Kevin Faber, and uh, the last-minute gift ideas. Uh, you got any ideas, boys, for the well, last-minute gift I ideas? I just told I you, let's let I, I Let's led. And, and here's a perfect example. Larry... Dropped his gun the other day, uh-huh. and guess where it stuck? Uh oh, barrel, right, barrel right down, the, barrel down in the mud. E, and so gun cleaning kit, exactly. Yep. And he looked at me and he goes, and he goes over and he starts uh, taking a knife and peeling a stick. And I said, uh, I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm gonna clean the barrel. I said, Larry, there's a there's a gun kit in the cabin. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah, there's a, there's a gun kit. And I had bought, I'd gone into you know one of the box stores at the end of hunting season last year, and they had a big pile of them, and they were like $10 a piece. Mm-hmm. But they were the nice ones, you know, with the wooden box, yep. mm-hmm. a little cedar mm-hmm. box, and it has everything from pistol cleaning, the rifle, the 22 to 270, 
12 gauge shotgun, 20 gauge brushes, and you got you know you got to screw everything together, but it's perfect. And he was able to clean the the 243 with that, and that's a perfect little gift idea because they're not very expensive. No, you know, my my gift idea is this: is save a couple dollars because right after Christmas, you know, because God knows you're into saving dollars. Yes, sir. <laughs> Right after Christmas, all those things go on sale that you know they they get overstocked oh, yeah. with and don't sell mm-hmm. sell around Christmas time, and all of a sudden they mark everything down drastically. Well, what you do is you buy them yes, a Chris. gift card. A gift card's perfect. That's exactly card. what I was going to say. Yep. There a gift you card. go. And because you can go to all these places and all the I, I don't know about you guys, but I go through gallons of Earth Scent scent blocker. Mm. I buy the Earth Scent, you know, so I smell like dirt. And I spray myself down very liberally going into the woods. And I even keep a bottle of it in my fanny pack after I get up in the tree. And I've sweated a little bit. I'll spray myself down again. And then you can buy those did hand you, warmers. Did you ever buy th- those those non-scented wipes I told you about? I, I've got some those in my are bag at the house. the greatest. For wiping I, I, your armpits. I don't know. Well, wiping whatever. But um, I have given away <laughs> more of those than you can imagine. I, I didn't want to think about that. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, I, that's never I, happened no. to you before, has it, Longman? <laughs> uh, oh, I, I swear, I've always said I'm allergic to palmettos because as soon as I step out of the truck, I'm like, oh, oh here we go, oh, here we go. Oh, you, know, you, you, you know the the one the one thing my hunting fanny pack never goes without, and I'm not joking about this. This is dead serious. People serious. may think it, it's funny. No, it's not. I funny. don't like paper towels in my fanny pack. No, mm-hmm. I like shop towels. Really. Okay. The thick ones, mm-hmm. the oh. blue ones, mm. uh, for for pickups, for your outdoors, go to your uh, big box store and get yourself a big pack of those blue his, shop His, his shop back seat towels. is littered with those. paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> you always need it. Oh, you only get that information here at the Hunt That's Life right. Yeah, you got to blow your nose We'll sometime. talk to everybody next week. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the hunt life by logging on to huntlife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2011.